0: Hello, and welcome to Seroptimus International Voices, where we give a global voice to women and girls. SI Voices is a space where women's stories and issues are heard as we celebrate 100 years of our remarkable organization. We will reveal and rediscover the history of our global movement while educating and informing on many of the key challenges affecting women and girls today. Hello. I'm Cathy Kaff, a Soroptimist from Bonn in Germany. I'm happy to talk to two young ladies, Sophie and Evelyn, from Amsterdam in the Netherlands. Sophie and Evelyn, welcome.
1: Hi, Cathy. How are you? (laughs) Thank you for having us. (laughs) Hi, Cathy. Hi. Thank you for having us here.
0: Both ladies are members of the new Young Soroptimist Club Amsterdam, which consists of a group of young women between the ages of 18 and 35. They started off in May 2019 with a group of five ambitious young women who joined together. The club was officially chartered earlier this year during a virtual ceremony with Soroptimist International of Europe President Anna Celacinska and Soroptimist International President Sharon Fisher, as well as many club members from all around the world who joined for this wonderful occasion and ceremony. Both ladies have a very special background because their mothers have been optimists So they are both very used to helping their mothers with work for their club or for projects. For the first own project of their club, they had a great idea. They wanted to address a taboo topic, which is menstruation. And they wanted to help girls and women in Amsterdam who do not have the money to buy adequate items for their menstruation, like tampons, sanitary towels, or cups. They investigated and found out that there were some 800 women in Amsterdam who needed free menstrual products. We'd love to get to know about you and about your work in the Netherlands. Can you please tell our listeners a little bit about yourselves?
2: Well, hello. Thank you, Kathy, for uh, having me. And, um, well, to introduce myself, my name is Sophie Meulers. I am 24 years old. I'm currently studying in Barcelona, oh. a bit far from home at the moment. I'm doing an MBA in international relations and international business. And,
1: uh, yeah, I've, I was one of the co-founders of uh, the Young Optimist Club in Amsterdam. I'm Evelyn. I'm 30 years old. I uh, do live here in Amsterdam currently. After working as a lawyer here in Amsterdam, I started my own legal business three years ago. I've never regretted it for a day, so I'm very happy uh, in my work. And I joined this optimist, um, I think, one and a half years ago.
0: Now, out of all the issues that women and girls face, could you tell us why you chose to focus your first club project on addressing menstrual poverty?
2: Well, it kind of came naturally, to be fair. Um, we are, during our meetings, we, we ask speakers to come uh, to you know, introduce us to a certain subject or uh, to learn from them, like a workshop. And we asked a person to come who was going to tell us about menstrual poverty And uh, we didn't really know what it was. I didn't know it was an issue here in the Netherlands, to be fair. And yeah, due to that, it's sort of, the ball started rolling and and we decided to fix on that subject for our uh, project to do something that was kind of a taboo. We're young people, so we love breaking taboos. So we started and uh, yeah, we had organizations help us and uh, we just started brainstorming about what can we do for them and how can we achieve how many women can we help and how should we do that? Why a lot of people ask us, ask us, why are you giving them pads or tampons instead of menstruation cups? Because it's more sustainable, it's better for the environment. But as we learned uh, by doing the project, is that not many women um, use them uh, due to religious reasons, due to other reasons they don't, or not being able to wash it properly. And then to insert it, it's not that hygienic after all. So that's why we chose pads. But in the end, it's, it isn't a sustainable option. But and for now, there isn't another option.
0: As this was your first project and you are building your membership, you decided to set a goal to help at least 100 women with menstrual products for one year. How did you go about achieving that goal?
2: We decided to divide our project into awareness and action. So, uh, action through raising funds. We got a lot of help from other Soroptimist clubs uh, in the Netherlands, but also outside of the Netherlands who saw our uh, charter and decided we want to help, uh, help them with, our, uh, with their project, which we were very grateful for because that really helped Helped our motivation, but also yeah, like uh, the goal, where, which we wanted to achieve. So, like I said, two ways of doing the project: the action part, raising money. Uh, we decided, besides the funds that we got from other Soroptimist clubs, we also did a postal, yeah, a postal action, saying uh, you could buy brownies from us, which we would send via the post. So you could surprise your mother, uh, your friend, or Someone that's dear to you with brownies. In addition, we had our awareness part. We did webinar uh, on menstrual poverty, which we had where we had speakers uh, who were going to talk about menstrual poverty. Uh, one person who works for the AfriPads Foundation, and she told us about how uh, in Africa they make uh, washable like pads. So for Women to use. So we had like an outside of the Netherlands view about how they are tackling uh, menstrual poverty in Africa. And we had an inside view. Uh, We had a director, film director, coming and she made a short film about uh, menstrual poverty, like about a girl who uh, experiences menstrual poverty in the Netherlands, in Amsterdam, uh, as a matter of fact. And uh, they spoke and showed us uh, the film as a pre-premiere. Yeah, and uh, through that we wanted awareness and uh, action, and we brought that together for our entire project, just to know this is a problem and we want to take action on this, just because every woman should be able to go through her menstrual cycle in a normal way which is normal for most of us, but not apparently for every one of us. So we raised around 7,300 euros, uh, which sum up to 13 pallets and around 10,000 fats. So I think we, are help, we help more than 100 women,
1: which we are very thankful for. In the end, we divided the products to uh, three uh, organizations. The first one is the Wereldhuis. They also have food packages or hygiene packages. And uh, next to that, we worked with Armut And they also, uh, it's kind of the same organization, only at World House has a lot of uh, undocumented uh, people. They provide uh, with the products. And we also brought our donations to the neighborhood feminists. And they... It's also a very local organization based in the north of Amsterdam. Then we got to the point to uh, actually buy the products. And uh, then we saw that the results for uh, a year of uh, hard work um, was actually really amazing because then 13 pallets of menstrual pets came in by two very large trucks. So uh, that was amazing to see. It was uh, a Friday a few weeks ago. We went to the three organizations in Amsterdam and it was very, um, yeah, good to see. We, we uh, gave every organization three or four uh, pallets and at the, I think it was the, yeah, Armuda Fonds, one of their organizations there in Amsterdam North, they already started to, to gave them away because there was a line of people there who came to pick up their uh, food packs. And then uh, you, you really like literally saw the results of your product. So that was really amazing.
0: Great, great, because you really had it the, the national character and the international character in one project. And you also involved um, soroptimists from Germany and around from Belgium. That is really great. But what was the most important thing you yourself have learned during your commitment for women and menstruation poverty?
1: Uh, For me, the most important thing was um, to find out the extreme taboo um, surrounding uh, menstrual poverty, but also mostly for um, the undocumented women. When we brought the products to the World one of the the organizations, we talked with one of the volunteers there and they say, yeah, the main problem is actually for us that we don't Know the people who need the products. So if Mm. they come, we can help them. But we—they're very uh, invisible. There's a very large group of women and girls um, that uh, are too afraid to show themselves and to ask for help. So it's there's also another uh, um, important thing. You can have the product, but you also need to uh, be be there and be seen for women, Mm -hmm. make Mm -hmm. a safe environment for them to uh, feel safe to pick up the products, for instance. So that was a very important thing for me, the uh, amount of uh, people that aren't visible for us, even for organizations, but they do really need the help. What I wanted to add for me was the awareness part. Um, I didn't know
2: that menstrual poverty was a problem in the Netherlands as well because you always look so outward. And uh, I think that's why I like doing this project as well. We started looking inward. We started to learn about women who experience menstrual poverty. And it it doesn't have to be uh, a problem of low income countries. It can be a problem uh, like well around you. Very
0: good. You know, the same happened with me. You know, I thought, oh, I don't know much about menstrual poverty. In Europe, in front of my door. But a part of that, it is an international issue that affects so many girls and women. And in some places in the world, it is such a taboo topic and girls aren't informed at all about menstruation. And often they drop out of school during those formative years. So, Optimus International has always been dedicated to girls being able to access education in a safe and clean environment, so your project has so much room to grow and help more girls and women in Amsterdam and beyond. Now, what is the next goal in achieving natural equity?
1: Well, since we, uh, now we actually finished this project, but we already have a lot of uh, follow-up queries and within a week or two, we have another meeting with the neighborhood feminists in order to see if we can make a more structural uh, resolution. Yeah, it it makes us uh, enthusiasts. You see, and that's actually really a good thing. If you do, uh, if you start looking things up, about this subject, even in the Netherlands, you see that even in the parliament, there has been a lot of discussion about um, making tampons tax-free. Also, I think in Sweden or Denmark, it is already a thing and in England, uh, you have a lot of uh, um, attention to that as well. So I think it would be amazing if with our uh, Young Sorptimist Club, we could raise even more awareness, of course, surrounding this subject and... um, we're already thinking about um, yeah, more structural um, ways to improve the um, health surrounding menstruations.
0: Thank you very much, dear Evelyn and Sophie. Thank you for informing our listeners on this important theme, which is so crucial for women around the world.
1: Well, thank you, Cathy, for having us. Yes, thank you, Cathy. It was a great pleasure. And thank you
0: for making us aware that there are problems just in front of our own doors and that we can do great work. Which you have done in such a short time for women in need, thank you, dear listeners, for your interest in Throptimist International's commitment, please join us for our next podcast. You've been listening to SI Voices, a podcast hosted by Soroptimist International. Follow us on social media for our latest news and updates at Soroptimist Global on Facebook and Instagram, and at Tweet on Twitter. You can also check out our website, soroptimistinternational.org. Please join us next time on SI Voices.